We are so excited to say that this season of Well and Good is brought to you by our absolute favourite honey brand, Mount Summers. That's right, Matt. So if you're looking for an all-natural sweet treat, then Mount Summers Honey has got everything from UMF Manuka to wonderful chocolate flavours and everything in between. Howdy, guys. Howdy ho. Today on the podcast, we have someone very, very exciting. Yeah, you were very excited about this. You were, you couldn't sleep for weeks beforehand. Uh, yes, I could. Thank you. Don't try and embarrass me, Mr. Art Green. Okay, but um, you were fangirling over Steph quite hard. Well, it's Steph Claire Bloody Smith. Mm, fair enough. Very exciting. So, um, Steph Claire Smith is a bit of a trailblazer in the digital world. She's passionate about healthy living and body confidence in young women. She's probably one of the most influential names in the Australian health and wellness sector. Yep, I'd say so. She's very motivating and uh, motivational. She's a really cool woman. And she was super down to earth as yeah, well. I love this awesome. chat. Mm. Yeah, me too. So she talks a bit about um, her businesses um, and how they started. Keep It Cleaner being uh, one of her main ones that she's operating at the moment, which has um, kind of evolved throughout its lifetime, I guess. And now it's at the point where it's a very cool app. Yeah, and it was really cool to talk about how it started as well and came from humble beginnings and has turned into this really impressive business. So, mm. yeah, we talked a lot about business. We talked a lot about health and wellness, what her fitness routines are like. And how slowing down has really helped her lately. I found that really interesting too. Mm. Anyway, well, we love this chat. We know you're going to love it too. Here's Steph Clearsnap. Hi, Steph. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm very excited to talk to you today. You've been very excited for days, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'm a huge Steph Clearsnap fan. Oh, I'm so sorry it couldn't be in person then. Oh, no, that's all right. Well, should we should we set the scene as to why that is? Let's yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so there, it's because we've got a global virus pandemic going on. So mm. it's actually quite a good excuse that that's why we can't do it in person. Exactly. So we're sitting here uh, actually in our bedroom recording this <laughs> via video conference. And Steph, you're back in Melbourne. You were supposed to yeah. be here in Auckland for the Live Fit Festival. Yeah. But that's yeah, all had yeah. to be cancelled. Yeah, it's such a shame. We're really looking forward to coming over. We definitely don't get over to NZ enough and I've got one of my best friends who lives in Cromwell just outside of Queenstown so I was also planning to come see her and her little one-year-old baby as well the same weekend so I'm shattered I can't come now not just for not seeing you guys but for many reasons but it's I suppose there's people doing it worse doing it tougher so a hundred percent yeah and it'll settle down eventually and then you'll be able to come over at some stage so yeah so I want to like get a bit of background on you. A lot of our listeners probably will have an idea of who you are and and what you're about, but equally some won't. So could you give us a bit of a spiel, you know, like, who are you? Where'd you come from? What do you do? Why do you do it? (laughs) Okay. So how long have we got? Um, No, no, no. I'm from Melbourne. I've always lived here. So yeah, born and raised Aussie, but both my parents are from England. So I was really fortunate as a kid, got to travel quite a bit so that they could go and see family. And so traveling was always something that I loved doing. And as I said, got to experience from a young age. School, I was always really sporty. I loved being active. Um, Obviously never looked at it as anything, you know, like exercise or anything like that. It was more just something that I really enjoyed doing. I loved team sports. I loved being a bit of a leader or a captain. Um, There was a lot of points throughout high school where I thought maybe I would get into teaching or something. And, but towards the end of high school, I was really unsure what exactly that was going to be. And there was all this pressure in VCE, which is uh, year 11 and 12 over here, what people were going to do once they finished high school. Luckily, I never got that from my parents. It was just kind of a general feel. I'm sure we all went through towards the end of high school, trying to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And the only thing that really stuck out to me outside of other things that I was interested in modeling was something for me that I always had a little soft spot for. I did it for a couple of years when I was a kid, um, just for like Kmart magazines or Target magazines or even the Barbie magazine when it existed and getting pulled out of school and then coming back with like a little bit of blush and like some glitter in my hair was the coolest thing ever <laughs> back then. Oh, I bet. I mean, I was really fortunate. My mum and dad, when I was earning that kind of money young, just put in an account that I couldn't touch until I was older. So I quickly kind of saw how I suppose good money was in that industry. And um, I've always had a really good 
head on me for savings. That's been something my dad's taught me and even my mum just to kind of save, save, save. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Always look at purchasing an item as like how many hours of work that would be or all that sort of stuff. So that was something I think when I got older and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I was thinking about having a gap year, I was like, well, maybe... I had a part-time job at the time as well as working at Boost Juice, but I thought maybe outside of this, while I'm figuring out what I might want to study, I could try modeling and like hopefully make some good money in this year and figure out what I want to study. So I did and it just worked out really well for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. So how, how did you find being in the modeling industry as you kind of got older and older and mm. the expectations kind of change, I guess, from, from being like a baby model in a Barbie <laughs> um, catalogue and then to, to kind of being a woman in the modeling industry? How, how did you find that in terms of like effects on your body image? Did it affect it at all? Did you have any issues prior you know, and in, any kind of negative impact from that? I was really fortunate even throughout high school and stuff. I always had a really quick metabolism. I used to eat whatever I wanted and like my body just would not change. I was always oh, really shout kind out of to teenage years. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I was always um really athletic. I was also late to hitting puberty, so I didn't get my period until like the end of year nine. So a lot of my friends were before me in that. And I think the only insecurities I had with my body growing up was the fact that I wasn't as curvy as others because I was later to hitting my period. Um, you know, I wanted that kind of like JLo or um, who am I thinking of? Shakira, kind of like belly and hips. And I had like abs. So yeah. <laughs> I, back then I was like, oh, I look like a boy. <laughs> Whereas Aww. like, obviously now I've grown to, you know, love what I have. And obviously everyone needs to appreciate what they've got because the grass is always greener for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was kind of my only insecurity And as I said, when I was exercising, it was always just for fun. It was never to change my body type. So I suppose once I started modeling, I remember initially I would rock up to jobs where other models might be. And I'd like take a yogo, like a chocolate yogurt with M&Ms for like what, that's what I snacked on while we were modeling. And I remember this older model looked at me one day and she was like, that's not going to last long. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you need? Yeah. I was like, oh no, I got a really quick metabolism. It's like, I'm fine. I'll be fine forever. And I think what she meant wasn't just, you know, that your body's going to change and everything like that. But she kind of also meant like, you're going to start caring because this is what the industry does for you. Like you're going to start caring about the way you look and what you eat. And she was waiting for that to hit me. And it was probably when I first started exercising, like at a gym or like working out with a PT, it was basically because everyone else was doing it. And I wasn't, I wasn't walking to and from school anymore. I wasn't, you know, active in my recess and lunch. I wasn't doing team sports anymore. So it was like, okay, well, now I need to find another way to be active. So I started actually training, but then that slowly did turn into reason being to lose weight. And it was because I kind of started modeling at the very start of 18. So I like to call it my childlike body. I was still kind of in that early stage of my body kind of transitioning into what was going to be its more womanly look. Um, And so in my first year of modeling, like, you know, clothes were being pinned on me, like the size that most brands and stuff shoot over here in Oz is an Australian size 10. And back then when I first started, I was a six to eight just naturally. And so everything was getting pinned on me and that was kind of the, the norm. But as I got older and started filling out a bit more, like obviously I wasn't needing to get pinned as much or anything like that. And I was never made to feel bad about that in Australia. And I was still kind of the norm. And I suppose Australia's market is a little bit different overseas. So they were always like a lot more accepting of different body types and everything like that. But when I was 20... I moved to the States and I planned to stay there for about a year. And that was just to experience something different. Uh, I'd been modeling for a couple of years by then. And I had all these dreams and ambitions to work with certain brands and stuff like that, that I could not reach in Australia. And as a young model and a full-time model, it was like, I've got to do this. Like I've Mm. got to give it a go. And I think because I was, I had a lot of regular clients in Australia and I was really lucky with that. I was so used to working that it was a really big shock for me to go into another the market and start from scratch and yeah, work yourself up again and, and be new. And, and, and it wasn't just starting again, it was starting again in a completely different industry. So that is where a lot of my issues really began because I was having agencies 
kind of who didn't really know who I was or know much about me tell me kind of how I should be and not just as in how I should look really what my measurement should be, for example, for them to want to represent me or for them to put their name next to me as I go to a casting and for them to be proud of me to be on their books, basically. And because Mm. I was so excited to be there, I was very easily, what's the word I'm looking for? I was easily, yeah, exactly. And I just, I just thought, okay, well, this is what I need to do. I want to be here. It was my choice to come. I understand it's a different market. So I'm going to do anything they say, basically. And I lost myself Mm. a little bit over there. And I, my personality was totally different. My confidence levels were totally off. I was walking into castings and just looking around thinking like, what am I doing here? I don't look like any of these girls. I'm not good enough. And because I was in that way and I wasn't really working much, my day-to-day was just focused on the way I looked. So if I wasn't at a casting or if I wasn't at a job, I was like in the gym for two hours or like figuring out what I was eating. And it all became super obsessive because all I valued was like looking a certain way. And that was all I valued in myself. So that was really hard because, I mean, it was a challenge, obviously. And I developed some really unhealthy relationships with myself and with food and exercise. So unfortunately, it was a pretty dark part of my life and my career. What do you mean about the unhealthy habits? Like what were you doing? Uh, So I actually fell into a really bad habit of binge eating. I was being so strict on myself with what I was eating, like as in like organic or like (laughs) healthy, like whatever, nothing processed whatsoever that I would just overeat everything. And I was cooking for myself as well. It was the first time I'd lived on my own. I was used to living at home. So I would get into a habit of like cooking myself a dinner and it'd be like the biggest dinner plate full of food. But I just, I filled my plate because it was of boring stuff I didn't want to be eating. Um, And then after I'd finished that and I'd put the dish back away, I'd grab a snack straight away and then I'd finish that snack and then I'd go back and I'd make something else. And it was just like this thing, I suppose, because there was a part of me that was just never satisfied. Mm. And then I would get really upset and really angry at myself and I'd cry most days and stuff because of what I did and just thought I'd have lost all willpower. And so then I'd go to the gym and like the messages I'd be sending myself through my head in at the gym were not nice. They weren't encouraging whatsoever. They were like mm. punishment, like do this because you did that. And and it was just a terrible pattern that I unfortunately got stuck in for a really long time. And I think it just got to a point overseas where I realised and had a lot of friends and family and stuff kind of talk to me about it and say like that they've noticed some things. Um, and even my agency at home was like, you know, we'd like love to have you back and everything. And I also needed to work. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I really need to get some jobs again. I can't afford living in New York without yeah. working. <laughs> So I went back home and, you know, one of the first jobs I had was with one of my oldest and most fond clients is bras and things over here. And, you know, they were feeding me chocolate on set. And I was like, oh my God, I've missed a show. <laughs> I've missed this. And I just started to realize what it was when you were working with a client that booked you for you and weren't worried about, you know, your measurements whatsoever and weren't worried about if they have to grab the like bigger pair of knickers or whatever, because they've got it there. You know, it was just a lot more accepting. And I think that's when a big shift in my type of modeling work that I was doing happened. So for a good few years, I was still doing a lot of e-com, which is basically just front side back Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, online work for a lot of different brands, because that's kind of the bread and butter. If you get regular clients, then that's going to be your regular money. And that's awesome. But it did get to a point where I had these other things like I'm sure we'll get into, but started Keep It Cleaner and everything like that, that it was feeding me so much joy and I suppose reward that those kind of days didn't feel as special as they used to. And I started to notice that when it came to modelling jobs, I only really were en- was enjoying the ones with the clients that booked me for me and that it celebrated my body and that I just felt really empowered on set. And it was usually like a really cool campaign or a cool concept that I wanted to be a part of. And so that's when I kind of stepped back a little bit from modeling, still do it to this day, still love it and enjoy it and still have my regular clients. But yeah, it's very much, I'm very focused on those people that kind of meet my values and 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of sounds like the Australian market, I guess, because the typical kind of Australian person, mm. you think of like healthy, active, mm. out in the sun, kind of, mm. you don't really think of like that sickly, thin totally. fashion model that you might see in London or New York or something. It's more about that active, fit mm. body type, which I think is so you. So, oh, that's thanks. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so cool that you could come home and kind of do that. Yeah, but yeah. it's also that I think, and that's not to say that, you know, having measurements and all that doesn't exist in Australia. It absolutely does. Like there's parts yeah. of the industry that you still go to a casting where they're looking for a model that's 5'9", blonde, and, you know, a C cup. Like that's still a massive part of the industry. There's no doubt about it. But what brands are starting to do is work with people, not just for those reasons, but more so for, you know, are they going to relate to our consumer? Will our consumer possibly recognise them? Do their values align with ours? Mm. So it's it's really cool how it's changing in that way because I think it's definitely a lot healthier for us models. Yeah, yeah, totally. And especially you, so you posted a photo of like a before and after body shot mm. uh, quite a while ago now, but it was really cool seeing that it wasn't necessarily like a weight loss thing it was yeah. like a kind of before and after of you yeah. looking amazing and <laughs> yeah and and curvier but beautiful and fit yeah and I, I thought that that was a really cool thing to show other women and that it's not just about transforming from bigger to smaller it can be smaller to bigger but still so beautiful and fit and yeah, you know, I think that's you. that's a really cool message to send because I yeah. think the the binge eating thing is actually really common. Like I went mm. through the exact same thing when my metabolism slowed down; I couldn't eat whatever I wanted, and I think it's really common because as soon as you start to deprive yourself of this stuff, mm. your body is just like, yeah, you know, like as soon as you have one sweet thing, the floodgates open as if you're never going to eat it again in your entire life. Oh, totally. Yeah, so that's a really interesting thing that I think a lot of women have have gone through. Yeah, I mean, probably guys too. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. With, without yeah. a doubt. And I think it's like important, I mean, just to like go in a bit more detail of, of what happened. And it's not to say either, like I'm super happy and healthy in my skin now, but it's not to say that I have days where, you know, this little bit of regret or guilt might pop up after eating something. But then these days I'm so much quicker, like I'm talking in that exact moment at being like, don't be silly, it's fine you like get over it. And then I'm literally mm. over it and I don't care. Whereas back in the day, you know, if it wasn't punishing myself at the gym, it was literally throwing up. But I know that's like, that's a really scary thing to say out loud. But when I started telling my friends about it, once I opened up and it's weird, I kind of told the world before I told a lot of my best friends. Mm. And some of them were a bit like, like even Josh, my, my partner, my now husband, he was aware of things but didn't know how serious it was like mm. he'd kind of make jokes with me every now and again and be like oh like you should probably stop eating or like oh my god you eat so much or but he didn't understand that it was an actual issue and he had no idea that I was doing things like throwing up after eating or whatever yeah. and I, that wasn't all the time like I wasn't bulimic but it was just certain times where I was feeling really low and down and out um, that I would do that and any of my close friends who know me know that I've literally always had an absolute fear of throwing up um, like I just I think it's literally the worst thing <laughs> it's like yeah it's so I horrible mean, like, so it's awful yeah. I, oh, yeah. it's, throwing it's up awful. is not enjoyable like, fact, I think for, for no, anyone no not at all. But the fact that I was putting myself through that as well is just like now I look back and I'm like, what? I don't understand it. Like how could someone do that for themselves? But that's how much I lost myself, I think, and how yeah. much my head was just totally in the wrong space. And that is where I really picked up on it being much bigger than just feeling a bit guilty after eating. It was a much bigger issue and, and reaching out it, until I reached out and spoke to a few professionals about it and kind of admitted it outside of talking to myself um, that things changed. So just like for someone listening who maybe can relate to some of these things, mm. what do you recommend for people maybe that are going through it, how to sort of get out of it? Yeah, I mean, definitely talking to people. But as I said, sometimes your best friends or your partner might not be the person to talk to because unfortunately they can't relate, you know, like as much as they want to be there and support you and love you through anything, if they can't relate to you, they might not be able to help you out. So for me, um, I reached out to a personal trainer friend of mine who I know because he'd spoken to me in the past about it, had helped a few girls through similar 
relationships with food. And he's just a really good listener. He's got really good basic advice on nutrition and health and everything. And he really kept me accountable. So once I kind of opened up to him, you know, he'd check in with me like every couple of days or at least once a week to see how I was going. And it was the first time that I kind of felt like I could talk to someone about it and not lie and not just be lying to myself. Like I wouldn't say like, oh no, I've been fine. But if I hadn't been fine, I was like, I haven't been fine. And I'd explained to him what happened and everything. So finding him and speaking to him really helped. And then from there, I was able to talk to it a bit more about it with friends and stuff like that. Obviously, if you have a, like a psychologist or someone else that could possibly work out maybe why, because it's not really like, it's not just a pattern you have to break. You have to work out why you are doing it. There's always like an underlining reason. And for me, it was because I had way too much of my focus and my life on the way I looked. And so it was my 100% of the time I'm thinking about this is my only focus. So if I stuff this up, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas like, you know, as soon as I started kick and I was doing other things, I had other things on my mind. I had, you know, there was a bit more out there in the world that made sense to me. And so the other stuff just seemed silly, like for me to care so much about getting to a certain weight or anything like that seemed silly when I looked at it against everything else. So yeah, I think just obviously you have to get to a point where you can admit it to yourself first, but as soon as you're at that point, just talk to people, get them to keep you accountable and just try and find the right right person. Because it, it's totally okay that some of your best friends and family and stuff won't be able to help you with that's just something that we all, I think as you get older, you realize that there's friends you go to for advice, there's friends you go to for work advice, there's friends you go to for just some fun or like love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. And you and just touch briefly on um, Keep It Cleaner. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about that? So what is Keep It Cleaner? Yes. How, how did it come about? Yeah, talk us through it. So I suppose I'll talk about how it started before I go into what it is now. So when I was modeling, I met a lovely, <laughs> lovely lady called Laura. Um, we did our first uh, Melbourne Fashion Week together. And when you're doing Fashion Week, you're spending a lot of downtime with all the other models. There's like rehearsals, there's fittings, and then even the show itself, you're in hair and makeup for ages. It's a really long day for a five-minute show. Mm-hmm. So you're spending all this time with these people and because I was such a commercial model, as in like I was booked for like magazine kind of jobs and and online stuff, I hadn't met a lot of the fashion girls before. But because Melbourne Fashion Week's a little bit more commercial, there is like different brands and stuff that's a bit more relatable and less fashion-y, I suppose, um, to the normal consumer. There was a lot more of these commercial girls like myself who were being booked. So I met Laura and I think she only just joined the industry, but she's just seemed like the like sweetest, most loveliest person and she had the greatest energy ever. So I kind of clung on to her and we just became friends instantly. But that was before I spent that time in the States. So while I was in the States, Laura also went away, but she was in Europe, but she was only away for about three months, I think. She was also studying at the time, but when she went away, she wasn't studying. She went on a bit of a break. So she started her own blog. And the food blog that she had, Food Fit and Repeat, had these really lovely sweet recipes and she'd just write some really sweet blog posts and everything. And her story is basically she started it because when she was studying, she obviously spent all this time studying. And then once she wasn't doing that, she was like, I don't know what to do with my spare time. So I'll start a blog. And a lot of people, my following was like between, I can't remember exactly, but it was between like 300 to four or 500,000. So it was quite high, I suppose, for back then. And a lot of people were asking me, particularly because I was cooking so much of my own food, what I was eating and where I was getting these recipes from. And with my savory recipes, I usually just grab a whole bunch of ingredients, chuck them together, hope it tastes good. If it does, then bam, it's done. But with my sweet recipes, I would always go into Laura's blog and like, found some really nice recipes on there. So I'd often share her blog. And then when I came home um, back to Melbourne, ebooks became this big, exciting new thing. And I had a dream, like a literal dream, that we created one and that it was like, step close to me, this something, 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 hadn't have found a name yet, was Laura Henshaw. And, <laughs> and so I caught up with her for a coffee and spoke to her about it. And she was like, because all her recipes in her blog was free. Mm-hmm. And I said, they're really great recipes. 
I think if we put them like, you know, together in an ebook or something like that, people would actually pay for them. And she's like, no one is going to pay for these recipes. Like I was nervous enough to start the blog. Like I'm surprised I even get people on there. We're not going to be able to sell a book. And I was like, well, we might, we might not. It's fine. But people are asking for it. People are asking for my savory recipes. Now I've just got to remember to write them down as I'm cooking them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just like put one together and see how it goes. So we literally did that. You know, I, I spoke to my, uh, one of my best friends from high school, her boyfriend had just started uni and he was doing graphics design. So I was like, cool, you can help us put it together. And mm-hmm. then we literally Googled like how to create an ebook. And we actually had, because I had a bit of a following, we'd already worked with a few different brands in that space. Like, I think it was, oh, who was the, there was like a yoga brand. Then Laura had her own protein brand at that time. So we kind of had like sponsors for the ebook already, yeah. which was great because their involvement in it meant that you know, we had some funding to get it created. We shot 37 recipes for the ebook in one day, which we learnt that is not what you do. That is oh very, God, very insane. impressive. Was, <laughs> yeah, there was like things that we, you know, pre-cooked like three days before. The, we always joke about how funny the um, the banana bread looked because it was like slimy. <laughs> so old but we shot it anyway and put it in the ebook like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, we just we just like we're so raw about it and even when we launched you know my mom messaged us like 20 times that night when we were out celebrating saying like this is spelling mistake on page two there's there's no zucchini in the oh, ingredients but this is zucchini eh? in the in the method like you know <laughs> did you guys check this so like it was a big learning curve for us but I think the really exciting thing when we look back at it was that we just did it and we just got yeah. started. We put it out there and it actually went really well and we were very surprised with it, how it went. But that's where the whole I things keep it clean started because that's what it was called back then. And then this community started to form and people wanted more than what was in that ebook. People started to want to know about our exercise and everything else we were cooking that wasn't in those 37 recipes. And and so we then we were like, okay, we need to do more than an ebook because once you do an ebook, it's done and they've got it. We need something mm-hmm. more interactive. So we changed up Laura's blog so that it was a bit more food and fitness and, you know, having different guests and stuff on. And so we had that and that was a subscription blog, which they got four new recipes and one or two workouts a month. So like when you think of what's out there now as fitness programs, it's like that is hardly anything, <laughs> yeah. but it was good. You know, back then it was good. And then from there we were approached by a company who kind of creates the back end of programs and puts them together for you and wanted us to be the faces of our own program and thought what we had with the subscription blog was really cool, but like, let's do more. And and we were so open to that. We wanted to do more for our community, be even more in touch and more involved. So we mm-hmm. started our old program, Kit Girls. And at the same time, our groceries range started as well. So it was all kind of like starting to pick up at the same time. And um, that's where it kind of became more than just, you know, Laura and I catching, like we caught up all the time as friends, but, you know, catching up once or twice a week for two hours at a cafe, talking about work to then like, we actually kind of need to be in each other's presence every day to discuss things that are coming up every day. Um, And now we have an office with like 15 people who we work with and it's like, it's crazy what it's turned into, but it's, um, yeah, it's been incredible. So, so what it is today as it stands is a health and fitness app. We've basically created it for a girl or woman, really any age, but definitely targeted at a girl and not male is what I meant by that. (laughs) Um, because we find that we're yeah, most sorry, relatable yeah. to <laughs> yeah. them, yeah. <laughs> you're not left out. Like you can absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was looking, I was thoroughly looking through the app this morning, and that's what I said to Maddie. I was oh, like, I wish there was a guy version for this because it's incredible. Well, you can do the workouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and eat the food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is. Like it's something we've always had in the back of our mind and it's not to say that it won't ever happen. I think it's just the way that the community has been able to grow, especially our private Facebook community, the girls feel so comfortable there to talk about anything in there that if we introduce guys into it, it just wouldn't have that same vibe as like sisterhood and everything. It would really change the dynamic. So whilst we're, you know, whilst we move forward and we want to make sure our program is accessible to anyone and, you know, anyone can follow it. So there's little changes we'll be making. We'll probably still always have that 
female flair, I suppose when Laura and I are the faces of it, that's who we can relate to the most. But as I said, definitely trying to keep it open and accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. So the app has recipes, workouts, meditations. It's like a whole plan if you want it, but there's also a bank of stuff if you don't want to follow it along. So meal plan, God, there's so much on there, but we've just basically tried to make the app like a lot of different health apps in one. It covers all bases. Yeah. It's so good. That's what I was going to say is that it, it's like so many apps all in one. Like <laughs> I currently have like when I'm doing a workout, I'll like maybe Google to find some interesting exercises every now and then. I've got a timer app that I use to like do like Tabata sessions. I then like will Google recipes. Mm. Um, I've got, got another, a whole folder I've got a, for like different fitness yeah, apps. I've got another so. app, yeah, I know. I've got another <laughs> app for, you know, my meditations. And then so scrolling through your, looking at your app and I was like, oh my God, this is everything that I use <laughs> all in so one place. <laughs> it's incredibly well done. And the content is amazing. Yeah. And there's so much to oh, it. I was you. honestly blown away. And I love that that you started off with like Googling how to do an ebook, and yeah. And now yeah. it's like grown it in, into this, you know, 15 person operation which was so cool oh thanks I love that here's a quick message from our sponsors Mount Summers Honey if you fancy a change from processed chocolate spreads or you want to skip the high percentages of refined sugars found in jam, then Mount Summers has something for you and your family. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Matt. They have the first truly cosmopolitan range of flavoured honey with caramel, vanilla and citrus flavours to tickle your taste buds. And I have it on good authority that the next flavour to drop is chocolate. So boost up your breakfast, fix up that lunchbox or add a little twist to dips and toppings for ice cream. Oh, that sounds good. So to find them, you can ask for them by name in your supermarket or check them out online at mountsummershoney.com. That's M-O-U-N-T-S-O-M-E-R-S-H-O-N-E-Y.com. How do you find like working with your best friend every day? Is it fun? Do you have your moments? Or like is it just kind of smooth sailing? It's definitely fun, but we do have our moments. Uh, we like to call ourselves yin and yang. We are very, very similar in a lot of ways, but then in a lot of ways we are very different. But mm-hmm. I think that's why we've worked really well together. You know, our personalities are a little bit different. Our strengths are a little bit different. But then there is also so many things that do cross over, which is great because, like, for example, we both have the exact same dream and goals for the, for the brand. We both have the same kind of priority set for the brand and like all that is very similar and and often when things come up and we have to make decisions often we're on the same page but there is things that we tend to butt heads on or like disagree with but I think because we have such a strong bond with each other and so much respect for one another and we both understand that you know, our egos are gone from the business. You know, it's, we've gotten, there's no ego when we're having a discussion about work because we've just noticed that it's not who's right in the situation. It's what's right for the business. And the best thing is now, if there's anything where we're really lost and can't make a decision, we've got an awesome team that we then go to and we're like, okay, you guys make the decision. Yeah. And then you just can't be upset if it wasn't yours that wasn't picked yeah. because that's just what's going to be it's best not for the a business. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, right. it's, it's not like, you know, I don't want everyone out there to think like, oh yeah, going into business with your best friend would be a dream come true. Because when we did start it together, there were so many people who warned us of their own experiences going into business with either a family member or a close friend that did not work out well. And so I think when we started, we were like, what? How can I, I can't even imagine. Obviously, as the business has grown, I can see now how relationships would turn or how things could go wrong. But Again, I think because at the end of the day, there is way too much love and respect there between us both that any of that would ever get in the way of our friendship. So, yeah, it's been great. And <laughs> taking ego out of it, I think, is a great point as well because like, we work yeah. together 24-7 mm-hmm. and and like as long as you're honest with each other, keep respect, keep communication flowing, mm. you know, like, I just don't, don't see a problem with that. Cause lots of people say to us too, like, Oh, how, how, how do you like stay in a relationship and work together as well? And we're like, yeah. I don't know. We just do it. Yeah. We find it easy. Yeah, totally. And I think the one other thing that can get hard is knowing when to switch off. So obviously I work with my best friend, but I also work with my husband, Josh. We have a business together as well. So 
there's, you know, the two closest people in my life outside of family I work with as business partners. Um, So it's really hard to know when to switch off talking about work. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's the end of the day. It's like, okay, like we need to, we need to stop talking about work. Like how was your day otherwise? Or like, um, (laughs) but it's hard because we're all so passionate about what we do. So it is something that you naturally want to talk about. But it is important. Like, you know, often Laura and I will be like, you know what, we need to go to the movies or like we need a date night together where we just don't bring up work whatsoever. And we just hang out for fun like we used to so that it's not just that kind of like work relationship, which has really helped. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you find with business, you prefer to have a business partner rather than if you were by yourself? Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I think when I was growing up, you know, as much as I loved team sports and loved working as a team, as I said, I loved being the leader. (laughs) So I did kind of love having control, but I've grown from that. And I've learned that I definitely still love being a leader, but I love learning as well. And I I kind of like being wrong because I love someone teaching me another way and then growing my skill set. So that's something that's happened as I've gotten older. I wasn't always that way inclined, but definitely now I would like way prefer having a business partner because it's also a lot of the time, as I said, all the decisions that I made have to be the right one for the business. Like you need to have other people's point of view in a decision because at the end of the day, it's like when we're trying to decide something new for the program. Obviously the other really good thing is that we've got a great connection with our consumer. Like we're constantly going to the girls for feedback and everything, um, which is great. But if, if we didn't have that, we would have to go to our team and we'd have to talk to each other about what's the way to go because you might think a certain thing. But if you did open up and speak to other people about it, they might have disagreed with you. And if you didn't have that business partner to talk to about things like that, you know, you might mm. often make the wrong decision, which is why it's important that Laura and I don't agree on everything. Mm. And um, your other business with Josh, is that hmm. Soda Shades? Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about that. We'd always had this interest in sunglasses and accessories and we both always shared our sunnies or, you know, there's people with a lot of handbags or a lot of shoes. Like I was always that person with a lot of sunglasses. And (laughs) so we just always had this love for it and we just thought, you know, there is a little gap in the market where it comes to good actual sunglasses that are polarised and, you know, safe to wear in Aussie sun but affordable at the same time and fun and kind of, you know, up with the trends and everything like that. So... We spoke to two of our good friends. Um, So Georgie and Luke are also our business partners in Soda. And they were really interested. Georgie's like a whiz with marketing. She's really creative with the way she thinks. Luke is like the logistics backend, awesome businessman, tech wizard. Like it's incredible how his brain works and functions. And then Josh and I with the initial idea and design concepts and obviously with the connections and wanting to push it and everything like that. So all together we work really, really well Mm -hmm. and we decided to go into business together. And so now we have a sunglass label, which has been going really well. It's been a really cool and interesting ride. We've learned a lot along the way. We've got some really cool, exciting things happening that are coming up, but also some really cool goals that we have in mind. But it's just been, it's been a pretty cool experience working with my partner, <laughs> my, <Yeah>. best, <laughs> my best friend, my like husband or whatever. It's It's been really cool seeing the way he works and whilst challenging at times because we do work a little differently, it's been really cool for our relationship to go through that together. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so with your businesses, it sounds like, I mean, you mentioned with Keep It Cleaner, you kind of just, you just went for it. You just started, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. do you think that's been the key with these businesses has just been like maybe not, not waiting until you've got everything perfect, but just rolling up your sleeves and getting stuck in and just pushing play? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's only because I... There's a few things I think you need to tick off before you start a business, and that is making sure that you are actually passionate about what it is. Um, You know, you're not in it for the money. You need to be prepared for it to not go well. And I think once you've worked that out and you've worked out who you're going to be working with and that that's going to work, then just get into it. Just get started. It's not going to start off perfect. No one does. Mm -hmm. But it's, that's the only way you learn, you know, don't be scared to fail. Don't be scared to have hiccups because you're going to have hiccups. And I think those hiccups and hurdles can be really, really hard to get over if you're not actually passionate about whatever it is you're starting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you, do you find that it's kind of like a constant work in progress? Like you never reach a point where you think, right, the business is done. It's cranking. 
great, we could just put our tools down now. It's a, yeah. it's a constant improvement, right? It is. It's funny. I think um, we're all naturally like that. We're all like, no, it's never enough. Or like, you know, you have a goal in mind and then once you get there, it's like, oh, I've just got another goal now. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think just one thing that we've made sure that we've had to remind each other of, again, why it's a good reason to have a business partner so you can have someone to remind you of things, is to celebrate those wins, even the little ones, mm. to acknowledge them, to recognise how far you've come. Like it's really important to look back. And whilst we look back and laugh at the ebook and <laughs> are embarrassed by certain things in it, we're also so proud of that, of, of taking that jump and where we started and stuff like that. So again, I think it's it's okay to be go, go, go. It's okay to keep, you know, making new dreams and new goals and, and everything like that. I think that's just that's where the passion comes from. But um, as long as you are kind of rewarding yourself and acknowledging every little win. Yeah. And so you're managing like a million different things plus <laughs> 1.6 million followers. <laughs> so how how do you juggle it all whilst trying to keep an active lifestyle and trying to look after yourself as well as, you know, everything yeah. else? I mean, I'm fortunate that keeping an active lifestyle for me, it's important for me to continue to doing that also for work. <laughs> As in like, yeah, true. you know, to be able to promote a program with like healthy recipes and healthy workouts, you've got to do them. So I suppose I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite handy. <laughs> I'm lucky in that point, I suppose, that I kind of have an excuse to have to put time aside for it. But other than that, I've seen on like the busier weeks or the busier months, because I'm not always in routine. I think routine doesn't really exist for me. I'm very spontaneous with the way I work out, with the way I eat, whether it's like how many days a week I'm working out or what exercises I'm doing that week. It always changes. I've just Mm -hmm. gotten to a point where I just do what I feel like. And I just do what I think I need at that point. And I've noticed that because, you know, we, especially with a tech business, there was so many stressful weeks with things going wrong or th- things happening that were uncontrollable that, you know, we had to be there as a team all together inside. And, you know, we were getting Uber Eats for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And so like not cooking my own food at all, like never going to the supermarket and, you know, not exercising nearly enough. And our brains were just fogged. And Laura and I both noticed that whilst that's still going to happen from time to time, there will be times where we're going to have to eat out a lot and and not exercise much. We also realised the importance of including it in our routine because of how much better we feel and how much clearer we are thinking and how much more energised we are when we do include it. So I love having little things in my routine, but my routine is never the same. <laughs> yeah. It's um, And I suppose when it comes to juggling the businesses, like Kika's my absolute baby. It's the it's the business, like whilst I am so in love with soda and I'm so proud of it and I'm still very much involved, the three others, they're the ones that are working day to day super hard on it and keeping it running. And my passion is always going to be obviously saying that that goes well, but also when it comes to kick, it just comes more naturally to me because it's it was my baby it's with lifestyle Laura as and well. it's just, yeah. And it's something I relate to, obviously. I, I love healthy living and I love getting other people to love it too. And it just comes more naturally to focus my time and energy on that. And then with modeling and, and any other kind of ambassador work that I'm doing, I'm slowing a lot of that down just because we're having to put so much more time into both businesses really. But, but I still like to have them because as I said, there's still a part of me that Modeling still fuels me in a way. It's still something that I can have a lot of fun with. But yeah, it's just a lot more controlled of who I get to work with because, yeah, (laughs) there's nothing worse than feeling shitty on set all day. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so in terms of workouts, like what kind of workouts do you do day to day? Do you have favourites? Do you run? Do you like Pilates? Yeah. With running, I go through stages. So I've never called myself a runner. Laura hates me saying that because she's like, but you can run. Um, Everyone can be a runner. (laughs) But I've never called myself a runner. I never really enjoy the actual run. It's only really the feeling I get afterwards that I enjoy. Like I'm one of those people that I'll be running a K and I'm like, okay, stop now. Okay, stop now. Okay, stop now. Okay, stop now. In my head, I just can't. And time goes slow. Time goes slow when you're running, I think, you know. (laughs) So I go through stages, you know, I go through stages where I'm doing it three times a week and then I go through stages where I don't do it at all that month. Like, and then I realize why I should do it regularly because you lose all of your running fitness. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
So running's a funny one. Other than that, lately I've been challenging myself. I've really gotten into yoga um, and that's probably been over the last 12 months that I've been really getting into it and loving the way it's making me feel. And I think what it, it does is it reminds me that not every movement has to be about like, you know, how many calories you burn or like how much sweat you can get out or how high you can get your heart rate. Like it's not all about smashing yourself. I just enjoy moving my body because it just makes me feel good and clear-minded and all that sort of stuff. So I have noticed that slowing things down has helped me with things like my stress levels and everything like that a lot more. So yoga at the moment, I'm doing it every day this month. There was, I'm really sad. There was one day this month that I didn't do it. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I felt so bad because it was just this little challenge I put to myself, but it, you know, yeah. it didn't stop me. Like, you know, I, I just did yoga that day and I've been doing it every day since. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's another thing, you know, just not being too down on yourself if you don't get those certain fitness goals or whatever they are in your head yeah. and keep going. So yoga a lot, I love walking, even if it's just two and a half Ks. I love walking my dog and I do include that as movement or an exercise. Other than that, I probably do two to three HIT and strength sessions a week. So usually just off the program or I'll at least use the HIT timer in our program and kind of think of other things that we need to do because outside of what's on the program, the workouts that are actually there set for everyone to follow, we also film things like challenges each week for the girls to update into the app. So obviously always thinking about those sort of things and trying different things before I put them out there. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so bit of HIT, bit of strength, yoga and walking is probably my most common yeah. Have you found that like over your time as being someone who's like very interested in health and well-being, have you found that your priorities or your ideas around the importance of certain aspects of health have changed a bit? Yeah. You know, like I know for me, I used to be all about high intensity workouts. I didn't- The priori- sweetier, the better. Yeah, kind of I thing. didn't really prioritize sleep, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've come a long way. I've changed a lot. Have you found yourself in the same boat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Especially when it comes to the mental side of things. I think I never imagined myself ever being into things like meditation just because I was always such a fidgeter and needed to be active and kind of like you, like always wanted to be uppity with everything that I did. And when I started, when I tried yoga for the first time, I was like, this is way too slow for me. I can't do it. It's too, it's actually hard. And I know what's coming up next because it's repetitive. So it just like the whole time I was in my head and it wasn't until I started doing yoga a bit more regularly that I got out of my head and I got into the flow and I realized how good it made me feel, not just, you know, stretching my body out, but like in my mind, you know, the things you learn on the mat or the things you breathe through, being able to take things like that out into the normal life and breathing through things or working through pain and everything, things like that have really made me fall in love with it. And then with meditation, I mean, that's not something I do daily, but I love following a guided meditation. We've got them on the app and it's just It's so nice when I'm feeling a bit like, I don't know, crazy in my head or a little bit stressed or maybe upset about something, just to listen to something that pretty much tells you a little bit of a story, but like just really gets you to focus on your breathing, which sounds so simple. But once you do it, you realize like how important it is and how good it is to just stop sometimes. And you realize how often you're not doing it as well. Exactly. Yeah. We're also go, 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 you know, whether you're running a business or just, you know, working in a bakery for three hours a day and going to school, like everyone is go, go, go. And everyone is always online on social media. Like my phone is like, not just on Instagram, it's on TikTok, it's on emails, it's on WhatsApp, it's on voice memo right now. (laughs) Like we're always on. So things like yoga and meditation for me, it's like a reminder to, to slow down and just breathe and be still for a moment. And I just, yeah, that's something I'm prioritizing like every day now. Yeah. And um, talking about phones and social media and stuff, I've like with 1.6 million followers, I <laughs> would imagine that, that you have some very like opinionated Susans in there. Like how, <laughs> how do you, how do you deal with like negativity online? Do you get any, how, how do you look after your mental health around that? So 
Back when my following started to grow, when it wasn't the norm for me, it was really scary. And I was very easily affected by what people said, especially when I was in that mindset when I was living in the States and I was already, you know, in a really delicate position with my own perception of myself. If other people were kind of saying the same thing that my own brain was telling me, it was like assuring me, you know, and it was, it was really unhealthy. And, and often I'd write back or I don't know, I'd bite back and it never really ended up. <laughs> how I wanted it to. And I kind of learned Mm. that you can't please everyone and that's okay. And don't try to just as long as everything you're doing is in line in what you believe in and what you think you want to put out there and everything, then that's what you should focus on. Mm -hmm. So I just, I ignore the negative. And honestly, since I started ignoring it, I'm getting it a whole lot less, which is funny because I've grown followers so much more than ever and like never thought I would get to where I am today. It's so weird to think that many people are interested in my life because I'm so normal. Um, I mean, that's like a a quarter of New Zealand following you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a quarter of New Zealand. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny and it's odd to me, but it's also normal because it's Mm. been, I've been on Instagram for like eight years now. So it's Mm. normal. It's been a very steady growth in my 1.6 million did not happen overnight. As I said, you know, it was five years ago that I had 300,000. So, but now I just ignore it. And I think ever since I stopped giving them more attention, it's either not popping up as much or mm-hmm. I'm just not noticing it because it's not something I care about. Yeah. The only time I care about negativity on social media is when it involves others or it might make other people feel bad. Um, then I'll block and delete, but I never retaliate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, that's what I need. Yeah. I, I have to learn that, don't I? Yeah. You do. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things like if you're going to put yourself out there, and want to grow a bit of a profile or, or and you've got to expect that bad things are going to come with the good. And the thing that I used to struggle with back in the day was I might have got a hundred really positive, beautiful comments that were being so complimented and everything. And then I got this one negative one and that's the one that I focused on. And that's the one I focused on my time on. And it was kind of like, why? It's why human are you doing nature. That? I don't know yeah. why we do that. It's really yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's like it's just remembering it's okay that it affects you, like it would affect anyone, but just dealing with it in your own way and and figuring out whatever way it is that can help you get over it quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said before you're on your phone so much because like you know your whole life revolves around things on your phone. I guess mm. do you like make an effort to try and be off your phone? Like, and how do you do that? Yeah. So I think like anyone that says in an interview that they, you know, switch their phone off every night at 8 p.m. and don't touch it until 8 a.m. the next morning, like good on them. And that's amazing. But like, I couldn't do it, not just because of the business that I run and that I have to always be contactable. And, you know, the fact that we've got a global online business means that things could go wrong in the middle of the night and all that sort of stuff. Not that they do, but like, you know, I just have this thing that I have to be connected to my whole entire team. So it's not just that responsibility, but at the end of the day, I I still enjoy it. I still enjoy, you know, fun apps like TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Um, It's still something that I I love checking in on. And my time on Instagram has actually, my use of Instagram has changed a lot since, I suppose, even the last couple of years, it's changed a lot. You know, I'll go there basically to post something. I might go on it to check a few friends' pages. I might do like a five-minute scroll, but I'm definitely not a sit there and scroll for hours and hours anymore kind of person. I don't know whether it's mm-hmm. because the algorithm in the last couple of years, the way it changed, you know, I feel like it's not showing me actually the people I care about. It's showing me stuff that, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, I know I follow that person, but I don't really care about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like where's Laura's workout today or something? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm spending less time on it. So I think I'm using my phone for other stuff that I just kind of need it for. As I said, like WhatsApp or emails or, and then for the fun stuff, like TikTok or other things that I'm enjoying, like even YouTube videos and everything like that. And I think it's okay to be online. You know, there was this photo, I think someone made a meme of people sitting on a train or a bus and it was this old fashioned photo of everyone with a newspaper in their hand. And then it like flicked to now and there was like, everyone was on their phone and they were making Mm. it out like it was an issue, but Really, that is where we get all of our news and updated information from nowadays. So mm. it doesn't have to be an issue. I think unless you have an unhealthy relationship with the way you use it, then, then maybe it's an issue for you. But I can switch off when I want to. And the times where I feel like I do ask either Josh next to me, like, let, let's turn our phones off or, you know, Laura even, um, mm. is when we're having dinner 
unless something's going on, like absolutely there's times at dinner where we have to have our phones because someone's about to call us or whatever or something's happened with someone's shipment at soda or something, I don't know. But try to turn them off at dinner, try to turn them off when we're watching a movie and when we have friends around. And, you know, it's as people might say, when I go out for dinner, I'll share a snap of my meal. That doesn't mean I'm on my phone the whole dinner, you know? like It's like a take a snap, put it exactly. down. Exactly. Like yeah. I still love sharing my life. I still love sharing mm. when I'm with friends and my friends all respect that and they're the same. They even do it on their own platforms. It's just people notice it because I've got more followers. Yeah. But I'm not sitting there on my phone the whole time. I think that's if you've got a friend that kind of sits there out for dinner with you and then they're spending more time on the phone than they are talking to you, then maybe that's when it's a bit of an issue and you need to learn how to switch off. But I think if you don't have that problem, then it's not so bad spending time on your phone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting take on it. I think a lot of people, I know the image you're talking about, that meme mm. with the people on the train mm. on their phones. And, and I think it is our initial reaction to be, oh my God, that's so terrible. But mm. the reality is like, that is how society is now. It's and norm. that mm. is how a lot of our communication happens through mm. our phones or you know our devices. And there can be a lot of positivity that can come from that. I think, yeah, the main issue is is when someone yeah, like you mentioned with friends, you know, if it's negatively impacting those around you, if you're not being present and you're not being there with mm. them, then maybe that's a time to sort of rethink your relationship with it. And and also say, you know, you come away from three hours of scrolling through Instagram, you got stuck down a scrolling hole and you come away feeling worse off than you were before. And I think mm. that's a time to sort of take a look at yourself and just be realistic and think maybe that relationship... Put some boundaries around Yeah, it, put some boundaries around yeah. and, and protect your yeah, mental health. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have anybody that inspires you or that, that you kind of look up to? I think I take inspiration from different people for different things. Like mm. I take a lot of inspiration from Laura on her work ethic, the way she is with other people. She's this positive uh, energy and, you know, no matter what kind of day she's had, she will always make sure she's there for someone else. Or um, And I just think that's so beautiful. And actually there's a lot of her personality that reminds me of my mum, who's another person I look up to. So I take a lot of inspiration in that kind of I suppose, energy and where you should treat people from them. You know, Josh is super hardworking. He doesn't do a half-ass job. You know, everything has to be done really well and he likes to get things done. And, and I, it's funny because that's not me, but there's a lot of times where I do see that coming through in me and I'm like, oh, you're inspiring me. Or like, yeah, <laughs> you, must be, you must be rubbing off on me. And yeah. again, he's a great listener. Um, so I think I can take different things from different people for inspiration. And then work-wise, you know, there's so many incredible people that have done awesome things. And I think when it comes to women in business or maybe in a business that's maybe usually more male orientated and all that sort of stuff and they're doing really well, I, I, I find that's really, really cool and in, inspiring. But yeah, it's kind of broad. I don't really have like... Yeah. If, if we're talking daily, probably Laura, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I actually, I actually really love that answer because it's kind of, um, mm. you know, weirdly inspired me to be more conscious of like everyone around me and sort of being aware of their positive traits and their things that I could probably learn from. Because mm. I think, yeah, we can totally learn from, yeah. from everyone. I think everyone can inspire us in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Totally. I, I inspire you to do less. You do. And it's, <laughs> hey, no, but that's totally what I need. Like I was, I was on the go Absolutely. all the time. My mind's always yeah. elsewhere. And you've, you're like, since being with you, I'm just inspired to sit down, go a bit yeah. slower, be in the moment. And it's yeah, just good. been so good for my mental health. Yeah. And I'm inspired to just, you know, get off my ass a bit more by you. It's good. <laughs> it's a good, good little partnership going Works on. Well. It's a great yeah. balance. <laughs> yeah, speaking of great balance, so you and Josh recently got married. You're still coming to terms yes. with calling him your husband, as I picked up I on earlier in this combo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Congratulations on that. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you. Thanks. It yeah. was the best day. It was so good. Like, yeah. it, I mean, I'm sure everyone's wedding day is the best day of their life, and everyone tells you that before it happens, that you're just going to have the best time and make sure you, you know, stop and enjoy the moment and all that sort of stuff. It was so fun. Like we, I didn't want it to end. The music was going till 4am because we were, I mean, we were lucky it was on our private property, so we could do that. Yeah. It was just the best night of my life. It was so much fun. And it's funny it's so though, because cool. we're obviously fortunate that we, you know, get to go to really nice events and I get to dress up a lot and, you know, get my hair and makeup done. Those kind of things weren't out of the ordinary, but it was really nice to be able to do that Oh, that's so cool. And so, Steph, do you have any uh, books or podcasts or anything that you would recommend that have had an impact on you? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose, again, kind of like what I said before when I talk about taking inspiration from people, there's a few different books and things that I've watched in the past that I've taken things from. But one book that comes to mind, which I really wish I knew about when I was really struggling with my body image, is called The Goddess Revolution by Mel Wells. She's a British author. And the reason why I love it so much is, and I recommend it to anyone really that's going through any issues, whether it's food or exercise or just general confidence and I suppose lack of love for yourself. I just found myself nodding along and um, relating to so much of what she had to say, not just about her own journey, but just advice and everything she was giving. I just was like, this makes so much sense. And I kind of wish I had it back then. But, you know, so ever since I've read that, I've been recommending that to anyone that was kind of in that space or in a similar space. For people in relationships, I actually love, there's a book called um, The Five Love Languages. Languages. Oh, yeah. Big fans We're all over about here. Yeah. Languages. I love it. And I like, I think it makes mm. so much sense. You know, yeah. I, and even after I read it, I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. Like the way that, you know, yeah. Josh, I suppose the things that he likes and things that I like or the things that he kind of asks or not nags, I don't like the word nags, but like asks me to do the things I ask him to do. It, it makes sense when I was reading out the love languages and everything that was popping up. I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. And I just feel like it um, allows you to understand each other a little bit more. And I don't know. I mean, we've been dating for eight years and I only just read it yeah. six months ago, but... <laughs> No, but no, it's but incredible, it like, isn't it? Yeah, That's what we it makes found a as huge well. difference, right? Because then you can show this person that you love them how they like to be shown. Yeah. You know, yeah. you Whereas, could essentially start speaking their language. Yeah, their yeah, love yeah, language. yeah, totally. Do you yeah, remember totally. what predominantly you and Josh are? Yes. Um, so I can't remember the order, but I think my top one was quality time, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense in my mind. I'm always like wanting to just be us two and like be off the phone when it's just us two or like go to the, see the movies together or, you know, go and do things together. Quality time means a lot to me. And I think the other one was acts of service. So like, you know, if he knows that I'm busy or I'm doing something and he he does something that is on my to-do list, but he does it for me or whatever, that sort of thing I love. And it's funny because when I was reading about it and reading about how sometimes it comes from, you know, what you might've grown up watching your parents do and like that's how they show love. That made a lot of sense to me as well because my mum and dad are still in a very loving relationship and I grew up watching my dad be so helpful with mum and and I really loved watching that and I think that's kind of the norm for me. So I think that's why I might appreciate it or why I might see that as a thing. And then Josh's was very similar, only another one that was high was... The one about, uh, not complimenting, but the... Um, words of affirmation. Words That's of affirmation. It. Words of affirmation, yeah. yeah. So that was up there and that made a lot of sense to me as well because I think for me that's not a, it's not a big one for me and it was definitely lower in the chart on mine. Mm-hmm. And so f- I think I often have to remind myself to do that for him. And so yeah. when I was reading it, I was like, oh, my God, yes, he does. He, th- he does like yeah. it when I say something like, good job, or I'm so proud of you or whatever. <laughs> like, I need to do yeah, that just a bit of encouragement. He's like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I, re- I really liked it. It's, it's funny. You can know someone so well and then li- reading little things like that makes it even clearer. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, it I, makes we, so yeah, we much found sense. it fascinating. I mean, we, we're actually. Just the same as you guys. We're the same as you guys. Except uh, opposite. Except opposite, yeah. And so I used to. Matty used to be giving me all these words of affirmation, and um, and I thought it was a bit full on and, and a bit too much. But and then I, you know then once I, I read about it and realised it, it's like you give out what you crave and what you want. And so yeah, you were telling me how much you love me all the time because you wanted me to tell you that I love you yeah. a bit more. Well, and now it's you're very good at being like, hey, good job, you well know? done. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> oh god, it's hilarious. Hey, um what's coming up next for you and maybe some of your businesses? What's exciting on the horizon for you? Um so we've literally just launched into the Keep It Cleaner app. I suppose with this whole thing, the pandemic that's going on, it was a little bit of motivation to kick it off a little quicker than what we were going to, but 
in our wellness hub, which is a section of our app where we had yoga, meditation and Pilates, we've now added a new section with um, just 20 minute hit and boxing workouts that require zero equipment. So we've basically just put together workouts from the content we already had, but just made sure that there was no equipment in them for obviously times like this. But just in general, it's good to have a workout bank there. So if the girls don't want to follow what's in the planner, they've got even more variety to choose from now. So that's Mm -hmm. been the newest addition. We're working on some really exciting stuff that I can't share with you just yet um, for the app, which will be coming in the second half of the year. So working really hard on on that. And as for soda, I think our biggest goal is retail. So whilst online is going so well for us and we will always, you know, it'll probably always be like our best thing. It's Sunnies are one of those things that people want to try on and we'd really love to get them into some stores. And I think we'll probably start with more like not so much surf stores, but more like those kind of general stores where people go and get clothes for either casual events or festivals and and then also the yeah. surfy stores, just so that people can, I suppose, learn about our brand who may have never have heard of it online, but also for the people who do know it, they can try it on somewhere. Yeah. So that's kind of the short-term goal for Soda this year. But yeah, just I think the cool thing about running both businesses is um, through the like connections we've made, um, especially even when I was modeling, like the kind of people I met when I was doing that kind of brands I worked with and everything like that. And I've learned that it's really good to take opportunity as it comes. And so whilst we, like when Laura and I started, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't have a clear direction Mm. of what we wanted to do. And I think with that, it left us with a lot of flexibility of taking things on. So I think if you're too set in this is the direction we're going and this is what we're going to do and this is every goal, then you might miss some opportunities that come up. And then it can't evolve totally. into being something. Exactly. I totally else. agree with that. And and yeah. you also you d- maybe don't see the opportunities and see the potential that there is in front of you for the business if you're just sticking with a set business plan. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, as much as I know that there is some things, which I wish I could share with you guys, um, that is coming up, at the same time, there could be something that happens in like a month's time. Like it's really cool, the kind of spontaneous things that do pop up for both businesses. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to keep watching this space. Yeah, yeah, totally. What did we talk about, Milo? (laughs) Milo's joined us. (laughs) Oh, um, so cute. I will say one thing. I have never been more clucky in my entire life. Oh, like that is, what has happened yeah. to me over the last year. But, yeah, it started about a year before we got married and now it's like worse oh, than ever. I just I can't walk past a baby it. without being like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was exactly the same. I just like woke up one day and was like, I want a baby. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> like ready in an instant yeah. then like every baby I saw I was like I want one yeah I want one <laughs> yeah babies are great babies are bloody fun They're I'd, I'd cool. highly recommend highly recommend <laughs> thank you um and and then the last question yeah. um, that we ask all of our lovely guests is if you could have three foods and three foods only for the rest of your life what would they be it's a tough one because I love so many different foods. Um, but yeah. I'm thinking of the things that I have on like a daily basis and it's probably going to be cheese in some sort of capacity, mm-hmm. whether it's on something or if it's just cheese, <laughs> it's fine too. Yeah, just a block. Yeah, um, great choice. And popcorn because I literally make it for myself after dinner probably five nights of the week. It's just my <laughs> – I love it. It's like – it's just the best snack ever. I don't know what my session is. Oh, that's with a new one. You, we haven't had no, popcorn, haven't had popcorn yet. yet. Talk yeah. us just talk us through. Um, are you having just plain? Are you having salted? Maybe a bit of sweetness on there? Salt what do and you do? like a little bit of butter. I'm I'm really known mm. for my chocolate popcorn, but I haven't had it in a while because Josh doesn't like getting his fingers like all chocolatey. So <laughs> <laughs> so I used to make like I'd make a fresh batch of popcorn and then I'd put a couple of dark chocolate, like chop it up and sprinkle it through. And it was delicious because I love the combination of chocolate and salt. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I put it on the pan, olive oil, kernels, put a little yeah. bit of butter in as it, as it's popping, then salt at the end. It's just classic, oh, but it's the best. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then chocolate. Like I just, I love chocolate. I have it every day. <laughs> yeah. You are going to have a really great life on, on this cheese, cheese chocolate, chocolate popcorn diet. Popcorn diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, thanks so much for your time, Steph. It was so, so great chatting to you and getting to know you a little bit more. It was, it was really cool. 
Yeah, you too. Hopefully uh, one day I can come over there and see you guys in person. <laughs> yeah, it'll Absolutely. happen. It'll happen. We'll make it happen. <laughs> hey, so if people want to track you down, mm. follow you, how do they do that? Yes, yeah, so if you'd like to track me down. Um, my, <laughs> via not, the not internet. Physically. Yeah. <laughs> not encouraging my, stalking. Um, my Instagram handle is Steph Claire Smith. Uh, my business, Keeper Cleaner, that I've been talking about is just at Keeper Cleaner and our website is keepercleaner.com.au. Cool. Awesome. Brilliant. Thanks, Jeff. Will you stay safe out there yeah, with you the too. virus going on? You That's too. right. Wash those hands. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my hands are getting so dry I'm washing them so <laughs> I know. Same. I need to get some hand lotion going on. <laughs> we need to be in the hand lotion business. Yeah. <laughs> See you, Steph. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening. Thank you indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Raw Collective. And for any updates on our podcast or any of the other podcasts under Raw, head to rawcollective.co or you can follow them on Instagram at raw underscore collective.co. But wait, before you go, please subscribe to our podcast and also rate it and review it. Leave a nice little message and leave a smiley face, maybe an emoji. <laughs> Or tell your friends. It's super easy. It takes two seconds and it would mean so much to us. Bye. Bye.